Hello, I'm Monique Renee, and this is Fierce and Flowing, the podcast for women leaders seeking to harness their purpose and power while designing sacred lives of freedom and flow. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed a wonderful and blessed Thanksgiving week with your loved ones, with your family, with your friends. And today I'm excited to share episode 20 with you, Unlocking the Child Within After Trauma with my dear friend, Andrea Harris Stafford. So today I invite you to join us for this emotional and powerful fierce conversation where Andrea speaks openly for the first time about her childhood sexual abuse trauma, exfoliating shame, affirming her worth and her life, and the boundaries that she had to create in order to be awakened and begin working on her healing. We also touch on dealing with imposter syndrome, the journey of coming back into ourselves and our wholeness, seeing the truth of codependency, trusting our intuition and the signs from the universe, and the incredible birth story of her twin girls and what she learned about that and her role as the mother of these two extraordinary young girls. So jump into this conversation. I can't wait uh, to hear what you think about it and make sure and like, share, and subscribe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Catch you soon. All right, my friend. Well, thank you for making the time. I just love yes, Thank you for having these. me. Of course, weekly conversations. And I have to say that I just feel so blessed that I am surrounded by so many incredible women. And um, and so when I think of having fierce conversations, you know, this there's no like um, criteria that any of us have to have, right? Because just being women in the world today, on our journeys, living the kinds of lives that we've been living, striving for more and um, and just working on ourselves that's really all we need, right? Because we've had so many fierce moments in our lives. Um, but before we go any further, I want to give you an opportunity just to introduce yourself, however you want to introduce yourself. Who is Andrea? And um, what would you like to share with the women who are watching this about yourself? Yeah, so I just first want to say I really appreciate um, what you just said about, you know, being a different at any point in our life, we can be um, fierce. I don't think that's yeah. the word you used, but um, I have had a bit of like, you know, lately in my life, imposter syndrome, you know, sort mm -hmm. of like feeling like, who am I to um, claim, you know, whatever word you want to insert. Um, yeah. So I think how I would introduce myself is I am coming up on 50. I'm going to be 50 this year. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that I am a 50 year old woman. <laughs> yes. Joining the club, joining the club. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I'm in good company. Um, yes. I, um, happen to be married and, um, I have twin daughters who are nine and I I'm still finding myself, honestly. I went through an awakening. You know a lot about it, Monique, and I'm sure we're going to get into it. But I went through an awakening 
about two and a half years ago, a little more than that, I think. And it really um, unlocked, I think, who I really am. And, uh, you know, I'm sort of stepping into my wholeness, I'd say. Um, My background is in business. I have, uh, most people, I guess, don't know this, but Monique and I went to college together um, at Florida State. So I have a a uh, a bastard's. A bachelor's degree, degree. (laughs) a bachelor's degree from Florida State. And then I did um, go to uh, business school um, here in Nashville at Vanderbilt. So I, and I worked in the corporate world for 20 plus years and, um, you know, did the thing, climbed that ladder, um, struggled with infertility, wanted nothing more than to be a mother for as far back as I can remember. And finally, at the age of 40, did get pregnant thanks to um, a multitude of science and technology um, (laughs) and many resources uh, that we were fortunate enough to be able to take part of. Um, And, you know, I was just in the rat race, you know, just doing, doing all the things. And my girls um, reached the age of about three. And what I now know is that my my history with uh, childhood sexual abuse started at that age, at three. Mm. And so um, what they say about the body keeping the score, so, so true. And what happened was, my body began to, you know, it's like I was thinking about it this morning. You know, Brene Brown has a podcast that's called Unlocking Us. And I've, I've never heard her talk about why she titled it that. So, um, but I was thinking about how apt that description was for me and, and my story. And I think, you know, the key was always there. Um, mm. But it just took divine timing and life circumstances to, to, for me to find that key and, and unlock it, unlock myself, you know, unlock my brain and all of the thoughts and memories and ideas that I had there that I was not even conscious about, not even aware of. Um, and so I've just been on this journey of, really just getting back to my, my, actually the little girl that lives inside me that, that was, as it turns out, the true hero in the story, in my story. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm just trying to find her. (laughs) (laughs) I've already taken like a page and a half of notes and I'm like, Uh, I'm on edge here because yeah, yeah, you're, you're getting me emotional and it's hard not to be emotional. I I think that, let me take a deep breath. There's so much going on in life right now. I just think that life is heavy for so many. 
And I believe that that this group and so many of us, so many of us in this group are are light workers, and and we're light workers just by accepting that we're a light worker, right? It doesn't mm. take anything. It doesn't take a course. It doesn't take a certification. It doesn't take anything. It just takes the desire in our hearts to show up in a different way, especially for ourselves and especially for the little girl, right? Who mm. is the hero in the journey? You know, I've I've. Um, since the beginning of the year, so many things have happened to very special people in my life. And, and we think about our journeys. We think about divine timing of things and how the learning and the growth never ends. Right. Right. And we start Thankfully. this world. The what? Thankfully. Thankfully. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because it is this journey to wholeness. We never stop. We never stop. I think I think that's our purpose in, in this lifetime and other lifetimes, if you believe that, like I do, that we just sure. keep coming to keep learning and growing and keep um keep stepping on that path to what that wholeness looks like, right? Um so let's there's so much to dive in here. Like I want to talk about the twin your twin daughters. I want to talk about um the rat race. I think that for me especially, and I know for many of the women in this group as well. So many of who have been my friends and my clients and, you know, participated in my different events have been wanting to escape that rat race. I mean, Mm. I did, but it took me years to escape the rat race. Not only like you said, the belief in yourself that you could actually do it right. That you've built this whole lifetime of who the world thinks you are, how they define you through your career. And then, you just want to go back to being who you are inside your, your heart and soul. And then what happens after that, right? What happens after yeah. you leave corporate now? What? <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's a really important journey. And so many women lose themselves, right? So we're constantly losing ourselves, finding ourselves, losing ourselves, finding ourselves. And hopefully we get to a place of, of freedom and of balance and of true authenticity that we can ride that wave without ever losing ourselves. Right. And that's, that's kind of the, the journey of the work that I love doing with people. It's or, like, how can we just find that flow? Right. Yeah. Or at least, um, not getting too far from ourselves because I, I, I wonder if it's really possible to not ever lose yourself. Um, yes. but I think if you can just keep that, that distance, you know, yes. a bubble, yeah, a safety bubble. Um, you know, I think of like, concentric circles, you know, if you can just keep that Mm. wider, you know, you can just keep yourself somewhere close within arm's reach, um, that you can get back to yourself. I mean, I think, you know, coming back to ourselves and being centered is a daily, hourly, minute by minute process, right? I mean, there's just so much coming at us, assaulting our senses from everywhere. Um, yes. And, you know, unless you live in a cave or by yourself with no one else, like, you know, there's constantly people that you care about, that you love, that you want to be happy, that you want to be a support for, you know, and that oftentimes means making choices and making sacrifices. And, Mm. you know, I think for me, that was my life. I mean, I made sacrifices from the age of three you know, unconsciously, right? Like, sure. You know, I was, that had a child's mind and, you know, 
was trying to listen to the grown-ups and follow the rules and do the right thing and um, keep the secrets and, you know, make everybody happy, keep everybody happy. And what finally happened for me was, was I, I had children, honestly. And I realized, you know, that I couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep everyone happy. And the, the mother that I wanted to be, that I had always longed to be. Yeah. Show up healthy and whole for your children starts with you. Right. I mean, hurt people, hurt people, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. So I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I definitely don't want to hurt them. Right. So, so I have to make myself a not hurt. (laughs) Not not said very well, but (laughs) I have to make myself, you know, I have to heal myself. Yes. Yes. I never, I'm not sure I ever would have realized that I needed to give that gift to myself if I wasn't trying to give that gift to my children, if that makes oh, sense. It is. And, and it reminds me of, of another dear friend who went through this journey of healing, of, of sobriety. Um, this, this just, you know, I often say crack, these moments that crack you open. And for many women, it's having children that cracks them open mm-hmm. because all of a sudden they realize, am I going to, am I going to l- allow them to live the life that I lived or am I going to do what I can to show up as right. a different healed whole person so that their journey can be different so that everything that I've been through doesn't happen in vain. And you know, without, without getting too much further, I want to give you an opportunity to share, you know, the fierce moment you want to talk about and certainly the awakening that you experienced yeah. two and a half years ago. I'd love to hear more about that. I'm sure the ladies are going to find so much value in your story. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say that um, this will be the first time that I've really spoken these words out loud in a way that, that I'm aware that could be heard by anyone or by strangers. Um, I've written the words, you know, I've written some words that are out there in the ethers somewhere, (laughs) but the idea, but the idea of actually verbalizing and, um, you know, for me opening my throat chakra, it's so synchronistic isn't it today that the sun just moved into Taurus which rules the throat right I mean it's crazy um you just can't make it up you just can't no you can't I think for some reason I wanted to wear blue today too to just allow the chakra to open a little bit more (laughs) I love that yes yes thank you well first of all thank you thank you for allowing me to give you the space to give you the platform to utilize this power right and to heal that throat chakra, which is so important on a journey, like the one you're on specifically. So, yeah, well, I feel completely safe with you (laughs) and that's a credit to you and your gifts. So, so thank you. So, um, I thought a lot about what was that fierce moment and you know, the easy answer and, and maybe the right answer is, um, a moment back in, 
in April, at the end of April of 2020. So um, almost exactly two years ago, I had a very um, enmeshed codependent relationship with my mother. And Mm -hmm. for all of my life, I believed that that was right. That was what a good daughter should do. That's what love is. And Mm -hmm. my mother, um, my mother grew up with my perpetrator, my, who was my uncle, her brother. And she has her own, her own traumas and her own demons. And, and I don't, I don't really know what they are. I, I, I can postulate what some of them would be, but, um, but she was always very disrespectful, disrespectful of, of boundaries when it, when it came to me and my life and my, you know, emotional status, my, my therapy. I mean, you know, we could, it it runs the gamut. Um, and, And I don't think she was malicious in any way, but I, I do. Well, I just, I know that she hurt me and I kept trying to explain to her what, what was painful and what was hurting me. And, you know, that I didn't feel it was appropriate for her to email my husband behind my back to tell him that she thinks I'm losing my mind and I need help and I might leave my children. And, you know, just very dramatic, over the top, um, not at all reflective of any conversation we'd had. And, you know, there was just a pattern of this over, I mean, I was 47 at the time. So over 47 years that, you know, I mean, I wasn't really shocked when I saw the email that she wrote to him. And that's sad. And I, I said, I said to him, and I knew if I said it out loud that I would have to do it. Yeah. I said to him, this is it. I have told her that I need space. I made it abundantly clear. If she crosses the boundary, if she crosses the line one more time, I will block her. And when I said it, I, I really didn't know if I could do it. Yeah. But I knew if I put it out there that I was, and I, and I made myself accountable to him that I would make myself do it. So that's what happened. She, so she crossed the boundary as she was accustomed to doing and I did it. Wow. I went on my phone and I blocked my mother. I blocked Mm. my mother. And then I blocked her on email. She crossed the boundary. I, I, I kind crossed of, the boundary again, right? She crossed a boundary again. And I just, you know, my bad. I didn't think about blocking her an email. But so what I did was, I shouldn't put it in terms of blocking my mother. What I did was I chose myself. Thank I you. chose oh. to abandon myself in favor of her anymore. And that's so important because I, I guarantee whether the, the individuals who are live with us right now or who review it afterward, a big sign of 
things that we need to maybe open ourselves up to perspective, looking, being willing to look at things in a different way. And if we feel a button has been pressed for ourselves, that's something to look into, right? So I know for a fact that some of the individuals watching this today, when they hear you say, I blocked my mother, they're going to feel it in their bodies. They're going to feel like, oh my God, what did you just do? Right? Because again, like so many things in life, there is the supposed right way of operating and the Mm -hmm. wrong way of operating. And for so many, it would be like, how dare you block your mother? How Mm -hmm. dare you? Mm-hmm. But then but then we look at the fact that for over 47 years, you've been in a codependent relationship, a relationship that in many ways disempowered you mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. right, completely disempowered you, didn't, wasn't willing, there was no growth there, right? So one thing to look at is, especially with a parent-child relationship, is yes, you know, I'm always going to be your daughter. You're always going to be my mother. But are we growing together? Are you willing to see me as an adult? Are you willing to hear hear me in a different way, support me in a new way based on who I've become and based on my truth, which may not be your truth, right? And so I'm getting chills right now. I just feel like that that is one of the ways that your mother was not able to show up for you that made it so difficult for you to heal that part of yourself that needed to be healed, healed, you know, with this yeah. childhood trauma you went through. Um, Dina just commented. I don't know if you, our friend Dina is on. She's hi Dina. Um, I can't see. The she's comments, more than so. a friend. She's a soul sister. Yes. And um, <laughs> we're all, we're all, this is our tribe. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and what she said is access is not a right, you know, it's, it's, um, <sighs> You know, the thing I was going to say, Monique, is you're so right on. And the reality is that when we're in relationships, we're we're really in relationship with ourselves, right? Because the other person is holding up a mirror for us. Always. Right. Yeah. And what I decided was your, you know, your point about there's no growth, you know, we're not, we're not growing together. You know, she never, my belief, my belief, she never saw me. She saw the reflection of herself that she wanted to see of herself. Mm. You know, her aspirations were laid on to me. And she would, she would, she was over complimentary of me. She would compliment me all the time. And I would sit there and think, but that's not true. Like, you know, it's really weird when someone compliments you and you know, they're trying, well, you think that they're trying to say something nice to make you feel good. And it's uh, inauthentic. And, you know, then I would say, but that's not true. It's blah, blah, blah. And then there was, she just, she just, she couldn't, she just couldn't see, she couldn't go there with me. And and what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, they're, they're, so many of us are on this journey of, of consciousness, of being mm. really open and listening to our, our own thoughts, listening to our own words, understanding our patterns so that we can break these patterns to really create new belief systems that are going to support who we are today and where we want to go. And because I know a little bit about what you've been going through during these past two and a half years, you know, what I understand is that your mom is not on that conscious journey, 
right? Right. She is still in that place where she's not seeing her patterns. She's not hearing her words. She's not understanding her thoughts. She is still back in that place where you're the little girl and she's the mom. And because of her own stuff, we all have our own stuff and her own hurts. What she has been speaking to you and saying to you, whether it's through through um, complimentary things or not, she's really saying those things to herself, right? She wants right. to hear those things for herself. Right. And it's really difficult when we, when, in any relationship, whether it's mom, whether it's spouse, whether it's sibling, colleague, business partner, when one of us is really on that conscious growth train and the other isn't, it's so very difficult to operate together in that same space and continue growing. Um, and eventually it does become the type of conversation where am I going to stay in this relationship and still give it so much energy or am I going to um, create a boundary that's going to support me? And as a fierce woman, man, person, can Spirit. I... Spirit, thank you. Am I willing to put myself first and love myself enough to make that really difficult decision that I know is going to hurt someone that I love? Yeah, and yes, all of that. I think I just want I want to describe this because this is so salient to me. Um, I have always, as far as I can remember, had this feeling of being in my mother's clutches. Like mm. she's holding so tight to me that she's digging her nails in, you know, she's so stuck in the clutching that she can't, she's so scared of the growth. She's scared of, she's always been scared of me leaving and, and leaving her and becoming a mother. You know, I, was able to see a bit from her perspective. I don't want that for my children. I, d I don't want them to feel that they owe me anything that they, you know, I, of course I want them to want to be with me, but if they don't, that's okay. You know, yeah. that's, that's, I want them to grow and love and experience and, you know, they have a different path than I do. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. I'm, I, I, I imagine they'll do bigger and, and better things. Um, and thank God, right. Or thank goddess, or thank the universe or yes. however you want to say that, you know, like that reminds me of, of, a of, of an, of a story that I saw today, a reel, I should say on Instagram from again, a dear friend of mine who is a parenting expert. And she was talking about how as parents, we try to clutch right? And, and we try to control everything that our children experience, who they are, who they become because of the fear <laughs> that we're born with, you know, uh, rather the fear that we begin to feel the minute they're born. It's like the oh shit right. moment, like, oh shit, now right. what? I have right. to protect these kids. I have to helicopter these kids. And yet these kids really are here. We're here to bring them into the world and yes, to guide them and to instill 
whatever values and beliefs that we feel are right for them. But at some point, they're going to go through their own experiences. They're going to have their own beliefs. They're going to, you know, live their own little life outside of us. That's going to make them who they become. And it may be nothing similar to what we desired or what we expected. And, and ultimately, we're here to raise them and release them. You know, and that's very hard for for parents to do. Yeah. And, you know, what I've just keeps coming back to me in my journey is the children are really the wise ones. They're really much wiser than we are. You know, they're more they haven't been socialized to abandon themselves or, you know, to to, you know, have carry the shame or, you know, carry the the um, self-deprecation, you know, that's all taught to us. I mean, we all pick that up in in socialization and, um, you know, honestly, like, I, I mean, that's my, my fight and my journey now is to get back to that, get back to that child, you know, okay. It's modeled for me every day. I I I think you're them. (laughs) <laughs> you, and, and you and you so are in so many ways, Andrea. I just have to say that I've because I've been with you on this journey for the last two and a half years, and I've seen your growth. I've seen the ugly moments, the bright moments, the the struggle of getting from that point A to point B, and knowing that it's not finished, right? And so, I would love for you to share. Let's let's um, shift it to now that you've come to know this beautiful child that's you right? Mm -hmm. Within you. And she's so wise and she's so fierce and she is doing things in this life that 90% of us wouldn't be willing to do, right? Which is close the door on our own mother. That's hard. It's so hard. I can't even imagine the pain and my mother's on here watching. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't, you know, it's so hard to do that. And and I did that recently. I closed the door on, on a relationship and it was, the most painful thing I've ever experienced and I'm still going through it, you know, and, and trying to be fierce with it and recognize that I too was in a codependent relationship and had to create a boundary once and for all. So what is that wise child within you saying to you now, what is she doing? How is she taking you to that new place that that you have so desired? Well, I, I I'm not sure my answer is that great, but um, it, there's no definition. I'm, I'm not going to go. You know, I well, you know I, I I'm still. It's it's still a fight to yeah. to allow that childlike curiosity, creativity jubilation, play, you know, all of that was dangerous for me. Yeah. You know, it was dangerous to let my guard down. And so my, my mind still fights that, that, um, that feeling. And it feels, um, it feels contrived. It feels fake. It feels silly. So I have a really hard time getting there. I really do. 
I think the most important work I've done in this two and a half years in this journey. And I just like to add that I've been doing work my whole life. I've been in therapy for most of my adult life, even some as, as a child. And, um, I was honestly really thrilled to, to, to unlock these memories and to understand what was wrong with me because I knew something was, I knew something was wrong. Um, but I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't figure it out. It happened in divine timing, as you said, when it needed to happen, when your soul was ready to make, to do the work, the hard work and to make some tough decisions, which you have. Yeah. Um, so I, so I fight it. I fight that, um, that I fight the ease and, and the, the letting go, um, you know, as a, and and I think a lot of people who have childhood trauma, especially, um, you know, hypervigilance is a yeah. superpower, Oof. right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a tool. It's the most important tool you have in your belt yeah. because as a child, you have so little control over your environment. But what you can control is what you notice and the pieces you put together. And so you're always looking. You're always looking for the details, for the hints, um, for the giveaways, the things that tell you kind of what's coming next. Yeah. So that's you say, the power that you develop. I, I and I had hypervigilance in a different way, but yes, I, I and and for a long time, I felt like um, like it was a bad thing that I was hypervigilant mm. all the time. But but now looking at it from a three, you know, from a high perspective, it helped me to develop my intuition. You know, it's that, that, that sense in your body, that knowing that, you know, you just know, you don't need proof. You know, Hmm. nothing else needs to be said. Nothing else needs to be done. You don't need any more proof. And so do you, do you also feel that that hypervigilance has created a link to having a strong intuition? You know, I hadn't considered that, um, let me say a few things and then let's see Mm -hmm. if we can thread it together. So Mm -hmm. for me, the hypervigilance takes me out of my body and and into my mind. Okay. So in that way, it almost um, takes me further from my, from my intuition. It takes me away, cuts me off. It's it. I float up. I detach. (laughs) Um, but what I, what I will say is that what I have learned is that I, I pieced these things together from a cranial perspective, you know, from a thought, this, then that, then this, and those things are connected. What I, what I now understand is that I can know they're connected in my body. I can know that I can feel that, like you said, I can feel it. And I don't have to have the thought process behind it. Like I, like yeah. I tell myself I do. And it's so almost a trusting way, of yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's also like a trusting of the messages, right? Like mm-hmm. the the universe plays with us in so many interesting and comical ways. When you when you really like when you take yourself out and you look and you you notice the things you notice, and then you and then you think, wow, that's weird. That's why did I? I just glanced over there. What made me just glance over there? You know, I glanced over there and I saw this. And it was a message, you know, in totally. an instant. And this is where so, spirituality comes into play, right? And and I would dare to say that the child in you, that's one of the ways that she's playing now. Hmm. She's playing with co-creation, with I don't have to know everything. I don't have to do everything. The support's going to show up for me. And sometimes in the most fun, ridiculous, because we've had so many of these conversations in our women's group, right? Where it's like, let me tell you about the signs that showed up today and what that means for me and how like joyful I am today because of those signs, you know? And um, so I, I love hearing that because for me, that's affirmation of the playfulness of your spirit and, and the child mm-hmm. within you that you're willing, you know, to work with today. Yeah. I think for me, the key is, um, feeling confident in my, in my boundaries. And, you know, I had a therapist tell me not too long ago that my boundaries are extremely porous. You know, there's just a lot that gets through and, um, you know, I think feeling like I have strong, reliable, dependable boundaries. Um, that's what gives me more, Joy and and it allows me to relax. Allows my body to relax. You know, I didn't know. I've had so many like quote small yet chronic health issues mm-hmm. since. I mean, since I was a child, and you know, having understood um, more about the the sexual trauma and and you know how I just hold my body. Um, I'm so hard. You know, it's so interesting. I'm looking at your human design because as we've been talking and talking about like the brain, (laughs) the mind and, um, and feeling ungrounded, right? So it sounds like grounding is super important to you. Feeling it in your body, like having that sense of security is is a a huge part of your healing, you know, and your human design is, first of all, for some of us, our, our crown and our, our, um, third eye chakras are wide open, meaning that it's not our strength. Our mind is brilliant, right? We, we are, we receive information from everything and everyone, and we're highly influenced by all of these ideas and all of this information that our our mind takes on. But being able to to just focus on one or two things that are going to help us, and then concretely work with that, is where anyone with an open, you know, he, um, head and Anja center have a lot of work to do. Yours mm. are, are, um, defined, which means mm-hmm. that that makes so much sense that you start here, but it's through that, that you're able to say, okay, I'm going to hone in on this piece of information that just fell in and I'm going to work with that, right? Your root chakra, which is the ultimate sense of safety is open in your human mm-hmm. design and that's where the work is right yeah. so but 
But again, I'm so happy to hear that you are recognizing that it's really the groundedness in your body. Your mind's got it. I mean, your your mind has the gift, you know? Now it's the the other work, which is um, really feeling it in your body and trusting your body and grounding. Um, and little by little releasing that fear that yeah. has been wound up in you, you know? Yeah. And yeah, hidden all this of- time. Is, is a huge theme for me. And um, I do appreciate the human design. I don't know as much about it um, as I do about astrology. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, certainly from an astrological perspective, you know, I, I have a second house moon. And, and so that's all about needing safety and security. And, yeah. um, and I am a Scorpio rising, which is all about working mm-hmm. with fear, you know, and the underworld and the darkness and, mm. you know, the cracks. You mentioned crack earlier. And, you know, I just, cracks oftentimes have like a negative connotation, but I read recently, you know, a crack is just how the light gets in. And Absolutely. I thought that's, yeah, that's. It's an opening. You know, it's an brain. awakening. Right. And we have all these little awakenings. It's like the caterpillar, you know, the (laughs) butterfly coming out of the cocoon. Um, So I, but I, I, these conversations are taking longer and longer, which is what I want because it's so difficult to really go deep and pull the jewels in just 30 minutes. So I'm allowing myself and I'm allowing us and every future guest to like take longer. So thank you for being here all this time. I want to, I want to move the conversation a little bit further, you know, yeah. into um, you talked earlier about creating that safety bubble for yourself. Right. And, and for me, I see that as creating our sacred space, um, our sacred rituals. Um, and it's probably in my opinion, one of the best ways that we can put ourselves first, right. We, we get to define what that is. We get to define what tools we use how we do it. There's no right or wrong to any of it. We, we get to define it. Um, but it begins by really just knowing who we are, Mm. um, in and out and, and actualizing ourselves, our gifts, our talents, our, and, and really even understanding our weaknesses that can take us to places that can keep us in this kind of rat race and, and, and wheel of, of not growing and not being conscious so I, I would love, because we're both astrologers, um, for those of you out there, we, we studied together. And so we get to talk about astrology all the time together, which is so much fun. And, but as an astrologer, I want to know, how has astrology helped your healing process and, mm. and helped you to create that safety bubble, that sacred space? And in addition to astrology, what else do you do for yourself every day or weekly or monthly that has really helped you um, through this awakening process that you've been through? And thank you, Dina. We love you. <laughs> um, so I want to answer your second question first, um, okay. because astrology was not one of the first things that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I did was meditation. And I, um, Dina actually went with me so divinely, um, just, I needed the support. So, um, it just, you know, having her there meant, um, 
I, I just, it wouldn't have happened without her there, but we went to a, a Deepak Chopra retreat, like a three or four day retreat. And we meditated. There were about 500 people there and I had never meditated with anyone else. Um, certainly not, you know, 500 other people. And so things began to shift that weekend. That was in October of 2019. And, um, I came back and, um, you had been, Dina had an interaction with you and you had been on your own journey, spiritual journey. And Dina got in touch and said, Hey, I think you should talk to Monique. I just think there's, you know, I think there's, there's a connection there. I don't think you and I had talked since college. Probably we had it. We had it. Yeah. So I think you introduced me. Well, I know you introduced me to, we talked about um, all the woo, all the things, woo, you know, um, tarot, the flow roadmap. A, yeah. I'm pretty certain you did a tarot reading for me. <laughs> Pretty early on. Um, And you introduced me to my favorite tarot reader, um, Baba Jolie. Baba Jolie. Props (laughs) props to her. I love her. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And you introduced me to really everything that I do spiritual. I'm looking around. I mean, you know, I have, um, I try to incorporate the four elements. Um. I have candles everywhere. I have incense. I have Palo Santo. Dina introduced me to that actually. And sage smudge sticks. Um, I've got stones. I've got all kinds of Oracle cards. In fact, my husband was like, are these like collectors? Are you trying to collect? (laughs) Are you spending all this money because this is going to be worth something later on? I happen to know, and you can share this with him, that some of the really older decks that are no longer in print that are in no, good shape can go for a lot of money. No, I, I actually have one of those. Thank you to your mother. Um, <laughs> Ascended Masters. This is this mm. is a deck that's no longer in print, and I had to um, oh I had to hunt gosh. it down, and it was it was pricey. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I um, the other thing I I. I do, which I love, which, um, you introduced me to is I collect bird feathers. Um, I enjoy walking outside and I don't even know how it came up in, in, in the conversation. You might've been sharing that you found a bird feather on your walk. I, I remember, remember the but, conversation. I, oh, tell us. I was so blessed that for, you know, talking about signs and symbols, when I would go on my nature walks every day and speak to to spirit, you know, that's how I pray is just talking to spirit as I'm walking. And I always ask for signs. And for that particular year, it was always feathers. They would just kept Mm -hmm. showing up. And so part of the journey was, and I think you and I, you you said, well, how do you find the feathers? And I said, I don't find them. They find me. And that is the truth. Right. And so I ended up finding all of these different types of feathers. And of course, it didn't end there for me. It's always, okay, well, what bird is this? And what does that bird represent? And let's look up the meaning. And we even played further. And I shared with all of you that one morning I woke up and I, and I asked the universe to send me a hawk. Yeah. And that week, this glorious Falcon showed up on my, 
um, balcony and stayed with me for three hours. It was the most incredible experience, but this is how we play with, with, with spirit in the universe. And, um, and, understand oh jess you collect feathers too yeah so you should see our collection we both have an extraordinary collection and i'm a little jealous because andrea now has several cardinal feathers which have eat you know i see them every day but i still haven't gotten a cardinal feather it's one of my favorite birds because it represents my my grandparents um yeah but i'm getting close because i got a red you know a red parrot you got that red parrot yeah (laughs) yeah so we're getting closer and closer but yeah, my, my I'm sorry, feather collection I took you off on a bit. tangent here. No, it's a little bit out of control <laughs> at this point. But this yes, is, look at this. I have a wow. Kintsuki bowl that I, I've got to do something else. But yes, I have, um, I have all kinds of feathers. And he, actually here is a cardinal feather, a there female cardinal. So the female cardinals are not red. Um, <gasps> they're gray with red accents. Wow. But um, yeah, I, and, and you're, and you were right. I, uh, the first one I found, it's back there in the case, but it was a, um, a red tail hawk yes. tail feather. Remember? I yep. couldn't believe it because it's big. It's about this it's big. big. And I, I was just, I couldn't believe I was like, it was just right there on the road that people, <laughs> you know, lots of people drive on and I, it was raining and I was walking the dog and I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. They do just find you. Um, and you gotta, and you gotta kind of ask for it. You gotta kind of play with, with the universe the, the universe wants to play with us. You know, life can be hard and it will be hard. Let's, let's not joke around about that. Right. But if we can make it light and just yeah, understand, and, right. Make and it to light. Your point about like asking for it. I think this has been such a big lesson for me. Um, I had a, a psychic reading kind of early on. And she told me, she said, you're too humble. You're, you, you, you need to ask for what you want and know that it's okay to ask for it. And, and, you know, because in my mind, it's like, well, that's making a demand. And, you know, I'm so accustomed to not making demands and just, you know, dealing with what, what, what shows up and just dealing with, you know, just going with the flow. That's always something that I, I, I prided myself on, um, being able to do that, which leads me back to astrology. So I haven't forgotten yes. that, but, um, I think the idea is to ask for, ask for what you want and know that you're worth it. You know, you don't have yes. to do anything. You, you just want it because you want it. You don't, you don't have there. You don't have to have a why. You don't have hashtag. To. Ask for what you want and know you're worth it. Hashtag. Come on, ladies. Let's let's start using it. Yes. 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 And I have and to you don't say have to, it is, you don't have to have this list of 100 reasons why you deserve it. You just have to want it. That's it. It's simple. I love it. Okay, so we're getting close to the hour. I I want to validate what you're sh- saying real quickly and just share with you guys. One, you know, when I was, um, I, I had a long career, but one of my long, 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 longest careers was at the university at FIU for 17 years. And I transformed so much during those 17 years as we all would within 17 years. Um, but I wasn't used to asking for things. In fact, I thought it was a bad thing, you know, and that's one of the biggest lessons I've had in all of this time. And I, and I do ask for what I, I need now. 
but I remember I had just become an, a coach and um, I was just waiting and waiting and hoping and hoping for a window to open within my career or in life that would allow me to step in fully as a coach full time. And it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. And I remember one day in my shower, I just lost it. I was so angry and I screamed to God, to the universe. I'm like, I am done waiting. I want it now. Open the door for me. I want to walk in. I'm ready. Just do it. Okay. It was like that. I didn't, I don't even know if anybody else heard me, but I was screaming. Uh, this was all out loud. You did out this. loud in the shower. Good for you. Yeah. First time I had ever, ever done that. Talk about opening the throat chakra, right? And speaking it out into the universe, which is a tool that we use in spirituality, you know, um, in spiritual practice. That day, I kid you not, just like asking for my falcon. My boss, who was the dean of the business school, said to me, okay, I want to pull you in as co-leader of, co-facilitator of leadership and executive coach to all of the MBA students while I was still doing my other job, which was a pretty big job, that same day, I kid you not, people. So, yeah. you know, hashtag again, I can't remember what the hashtag was now, but we'll go back in the recording. Ask and, for and what you want. Up. And believe. And believe in yourself. And believe. Ask for what you want and believe in yourself. So, okay. Yeah. And I'm I, I want to say, yes. I want to say, I know we're running out of time, but I, this is so important. Um, <laughs> excuse me. The thing that astrology did for me, yes, um, which I didn't know how badly I needed, was it it became a way to exfoliate shame. You know, it the sh- I didn't realize how pervasive shame was in in my life, in my head, in my stories. It was in everything. It permeated everything. And when I was able to look at my astrology and understand, you know, Oh, that's the reason, you know, that I, my body is sometimes sensitive and sometimes not. Oh, that's the reason why I'm feel misunderstood. You know, my, I have sun square rising. So, you know, that's one of the things is that people, the way I feel I project myself is different than how other people see me. There, yeah. So a square is like tension and kind of doing opposite things. Um, and so once I kind of learned that about myself or, you know, I have moon square Uranus. So I, I am able to detach emotionally. That mm. That is a, um, you know, both, you know, kind of a blessing and a, a curse. A gift and a speak, curse. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Like it, it saved me in a lot of ways, but it, it also... It also creates some distance between me and those I love that I don't want distance from. Although sometimes the distance feels like safety. But yeah, astrology was, man, we we took that class together. And I just will never forget the transits class when, you know, when you go over sort of what's happening in the sky and how it touches your natal chart. And I couldn't believe I started just looking at significant dates, like the date my daughters were born, the date I got pregnant, the date I got married. And I just, it was so affirming, um, that the universe just 
works everything out, you know? And, yeah. and that there is a cycle to everything, right? And, and there's reasons why certain things happen when they happen. Even though you may have thought you were going to do it 20 years prior, it had to happen on that day, you know, in, during that period because of a, a, a karmic lesson, perhaps, that you're here to learn in this lifetime. And so, I, I mean, I can see by being an observer of your journey how it's been such a gift in your healing because yeah. it validates why you're doing what you're doing, why you did what you did or didn't do what you did, didn't do rather. And and it just allows us to really trust the timing of life and yeah. and who we are and just validate who we are and the journey that, that we're on. So yeah, yeah astro- I, um, astrology is just a gift. Yeah. I, the best thing I can say about it for me um, it's not a secret, but I don't really publicize this, but, um, we used an egg donor to have our girls. And so what that means is that another woman was involved who donated her eggs and then, um, a lab, an embryologist put together her eggs and my husband's sperm and embryos grew. And then those embryos were transferred to me. And so I carried them and gave birth and, but there's an insecurity around, are they really mine? You know, mm. because technically we don't share mm. DNA. Um, even though science has, you know, evolved and there's epigenetics and epigenetics does talk about the idea of the carrier yes. um, really turning on or turning off certain genes. So there is some science behind it. But all of that to say, when I looked at my children's charts compared to mine. Um, it's so clear that they are of me, you know, (laughs) they chose you. They chose you. They did. And it's the same with my husband. When I look at his chart in theirs, it's just so clear that, that we were all meant to be together. And, um, yeah, it's, that was, just, I mean, I believed in it before, but when I, when I saw that and when I understood that in, in a different way, um, changed everything. So affirming all of it. The astrology oh, has God. just been really affirming. Yes. And, and when I give a reading, I can tell what is so healing for, for me, um, is when they understand that they're supposed to be this way, that's, that's the, that is what they chose. And this is a tool and it's, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's, it's a, it needs to be reframed. Right. Um, and I think human design is similar and, uh, you know, in, in that way, certainly. And, um, you know, numerology, um, the Enneagram, I don't know a so ton many about great either tools. of those, but yeah. even the Myers-Briggs, I mean, I think there's just within all of these tools, you know, there's, that's what we're looking for. We're looking, looking to be seen. We're looking to be understood and we're looking to not feel ashamed of who we are. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Perfect way to kind of wrap this up. And I, um, so I want to say to everybody, Andrea is a member of this community. So if you want to stay in touch with her, um, connect with her, ask her questions, you can you can hear her wisdom um, <laughs> coming through 
in so many powerful ways in this conversation. So I urge you to, to, to stay connected with her. And I can only imagine that her story has brought up something in your story too. Mm. Um, and so this is what this community is about is really just to connect with each other, empower each other in, in our, on our journeys, which are all very different and sometimes very, very similar. So, um, if you were to just share one other piece of wisdom for the women in this community who have maybe experienced trauma that they're waking up to now and Mm. beginning to love themselves in a different way and to, um, to put themselves first and their healing first and their sacred space first, what would be just something you'd share with them in closing? Uh, I think I would just say that um, I, I just really believe vulnerability is the key. I, I, I think that we all tend to think that we're weird or different or unusual, or we have something that no one else has and people won't understand. And I think as we, I I think we're, we're waking up. And I think as we wake up, more people are telling their stories and we're realizing that, man, we really are just all one, you know, we're all the same gender, you know, ethnicity, race. It, it just doesn't matter. Um, it matters in some ways. I don't mean to say that, but it doesn't, it, it, we're not, we're not different from each other. And once we can realize that we, we share, we share ourselves, we share our energy, you know, we don't, we don't have to be, we don't have to hide. And the hiding takes so much work and energy and it's exhausting and it crushes relationships. And actually not allowing ourselves to love. Right take so much right is also exhausting when we when we don't when we don't do what's natural which is love right which is what children do right look they to the kids right love look to the kids like i said yeah. they're they're wise way wiser than we are that's for sure they're vulnerable they're loving you know they're just they're just who they are and that's we should take notes yeah i am i'm taking notes <laughs> me too I love you, girl. Thank you so much for being here for a whole freaking hour with me. Oh, yeah, we did it. Oh, my God. This was such a powerful conversation. I um, thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you. for showing up vulnerable. Thank you for holding the space and um, providing the safety net. Yes. I love you. And enjoy your trip. (laughs) Yeah. This land of fire and ice. Here I come beautiful woman is going to the land of fire and ice Iceland and uh, just yeah I hope a whole new world opens up for you there so namaste my friend I I think it will thank you okay namaste bye everybody thanks so much for tuning in to fierce and flowing I really hope that you enjoyed this episode if you prefer to watch it make sure to find my youtube link in the show notes And I would love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find me at I period am period Monique period Renee. And that's with two E's. Can't wait to catch you next week and on Instagram as well. Until then, make sure to 